Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Terry's out doing apostolic work, and I'm in. I'm here to help you love God, save souls, and slay air. I'm reporting for duty. Lots to talk about today, but let's get right into the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Then I'll get into some of the news items. Then I'll get into the topics for the day. In fact, the topics for today I'm going to talk about is Davos and the New World Order. Davos, Switzerland, and the New World Order. I'm looking at an article here, and at the meeting in Davos, they have armed security all around. These guys look like they're soldiers of fortune uh, with full with full camel gear, and they have, uh, obviously, uh, machine guns at the ready. Why would they have to hire dozens and dozens of men that look like a SWAT team with machine guns dressed around the meeting place at Davos. That's my question. Why does Davos, the World Economic Forum, have armed men dressed like soldiers with machine guns around the meeting place at Davos? Uh, What are they trying to hide? Or what are they afraid of? So we'll be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about, uh, later on in the show, I'm going to be looking at how Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum is pushing transhumanism. This is what happens when you're disconnected from God. You want to play God. And that's what these liberal billionaire elites that meet at Davos, Switzerland, under the guise of climate change, global warming, earth worshiping, what they're trying to do is ultimately move us into the world of transhumanism. And this is a spiritual battle for the soul of humanity. Let's not, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's not uh, soft pedal this at all. So well, let me give you some of the news of the day, and then we'll go into today's readings, and then we'll get into the topics. Here's something interesting. Bill Maher, uh, who's a man of the left, says the Biden administration's all in on pushing trans indoctrination with kids. The HBO host says Democrats have to answer for they for how they completely lost control over the schools. Can you believe that? So Bill Maher, a liberal comedian, is saying that because the Biden administration is pushing trans gender indoctrination to our kids, he says the Democrats have completely lost control over the schools and they have to answer for that. Here's another one. It's this, this seems like the, the gift that keeps on giving. More classified documents at Biden's homes. He has several. The Justice Department found six documents at President Biden's Wilmington, Delaware residence during an all-day search of the home on Saturday, and the search is believed to be the first time the Justice Department has investigated one of Biden's properties as part of their classified documents probe. Hmm. Yet another news item. Unelected Joe Biden promotes abortion pill. Did you know that Biden on Sunday issued a presidential memorandum 
against efforts to stop the sale of abortion pills at retail pharmacies and the delivery of the pills by mail. Practices that pro-life critics like myself point out that are illegal according to long-standing laws. The memo directs the Secretary of Health and Human Services in consultation with the Attorney General and the Secretary of Homeland Security to facilitate public access to abortion pills. So they'll do anything. They'll do anything because they lost at the Supreme Court level. Now they're using all their executive power, all their friends from state to state, governors, district attorneys, attorney generals. They're using all their power now to make sure that abortion becomes uh, a normative practice in American culture by how? By promoting abortion pills. So now you don't have to go to a, an abortionist to have your baby killed. You can just get a glass of water and stay at home and take that abortion pill and do it yourself in the privacy of your bathroom as you writhe in pain for hours. Way to go, Biden. Way to go, Brandon. Good job. <laughs> also, did you know that Apparently, Nancy Pelosi called some exorcist. Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat congresswoman from California, reportedly asked priests to exercise her home after an alleged hammer-wielding intruder was found wrestling with her husband there. I think that weighed really heavy on her soul. I think she felt really guilty, said Pelosi's daughter, Alexandra. I I think that that broke her heart. So over Thanksgiving, she had priests coming trying to have an exorcism of the house and having prayer services. What Nancy Pelosi doesn't realize is that she's the one that's attracting the demons to her house. Demons aren't attracted to wood and nails and plaster of Paris. Demons are attracted to people. And if you live in mortal sin, like Nancy Pelosi does, by the promotion of killing babies, she's the one that needs a psychological evaluation. She's the one who has opened the door and has invited these demons into her house. This is called demonic infestation. And so it's not her house. It's Nancy Pelosi that needs to go to the sacrament of confession and then probably have a priest pray over her the prayers of exorcism. Because she's the one that's been promoting this for 40 years since she's been a congresswoman. So Nancy, there's nothing wrong with your house. The problem is with you. You need to see a Catholic priest. You probably need prayers of deliverance. You definitely need the sacrament of confession. And you need prayers of deliverance over you. Maybe even an exorcism. And who knows? Maybe your your husband likewise. It's still unknown to us what your husband was doing in the house naked with another man. And uh, when the police knocked on the door, apparently there seemed to be no struggle. All right. So uh, 
Let's get into today's Holy Gospel, the Word of God. Today, by the way, in all the dioceses, yesterday, Sunday, in all the dioceses of the U.S., we observed the particular day of prayer for the full restoration of the legal guarantee of the right to life and of penance for the violations of the dignity of the human person committed through the three acts of abortion. I wonder if in Pelosi's parish and Biden's parish, if the priest announced this from the pulpit, that it was pro-life Sunday. I wonder if that was announced or if they or they said, well, Nancy Pelosi's here and Joe Biden's here at mass. So we can't say that because we're going to offend them. I hope that's not the case. I hope I'm wrong. So today's gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Mark chapter 3, verse 20. The scribes who had come from Jerusalem said of Jesus, by the way, the scribes are the lawyers. They said, he is possessed by Beelzebul. And by the prince of demons, he drives out demons. Summoning them, he began to speak to them in parables. How can Satan drive out Satan? If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. And if Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand. That is the end of him. But no one can enter a strong man's house to plunder his property unless he first ties up the strong man. That's what we call in spiritual warfare, bind. Where Jesus says tie up the strong man. That's where we get the, the theology of binding prayers. Bind, and who's the strong man? Demons. In this context, the strong man is Satan. Binding prayers in the name of Jesus through the intercession of Mary are meant to tie up demons so that they can't torment us or harass us. Then the Bible says, then he can plunder his house. Amen. I say to you, all sins and all blasphemies that people utter will be forgiven. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never have forgiveness but is guilty of an everlasting sin. For they had said, he has an unclean spirit. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So what were, what were the, uh, the Sadducees doing to our Lord Jesus Christ? It's what the liberals do to us. It's called gaslighting. It's making, gaslighting means when, they, when the liberals make you question your insanity. That's gaslighting. They do it all the time on television. Nothing to see here. You know, people dropping dead, left and right, young people, athletes. Oh, yeah, that's, this is not the jab. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. Fake news. It's not the jab. That's called gaslighting. This is what the scribes were doing to our Lord Jesus Christ. They were seeing him drive out demons. They'd never seen anybody with this type of power and authority. And what are they saying? Oh, he must be Satan. And he says, wait a minute. You didn't say you idiots. I'm saying that. How can Satan drive out Satan? He'd be working against his own kingdom, against himself. Doesn't make sense. Again, gaslighting has been going on a long time. Jesus drives out Satan because he's God incarnate. And Satan fears God because God's supernatural. And Satan's just preternatural, dependent on God. You've been listening to Jesus, uh, I mean, excuse me, Terry and Jesse show. Up next, Davos and the New World Order. Stick around. We're back, Terry and Jesse show. My partner's out doing some apostolic work. All of us hear this phrase called the New World Order. The New World Order. This phrase 
it came about after World War One, World War Two, and the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe and the end of the Cold War. This this phrase in New World Order, it's a political situation in which the countries of the world are no longer divided because of their support for either the U.S. or the Soviet Union. And instead, the New World Order, they're trying to work together to solve international problems. I mean, that sounds good in theory, but the problem is this could involve into an international totalitarian regime and dictatorship under the Antichrist. So the New World Order was something that was expected to come into existence after, again, World War I, World War II, the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe, and the end of the Cold War. I want to talk a little bit about Davos. If you look at the pictures of the Davos meeting, once again, this is, uh, the Davos is the elites were... They serve democracy without the people. Around this Davos meeting at, at the World Economic Forum headquarters, we have armed men dressed like soldiers with machine guns around the meeting place at Davos. So, it's that time of the year when the rich and famous head to the Swiss mountain village of Davos and its World Economic Forum to discuss the big issues of the day and attempt to reset the world to restrict human rights for fun and profit. And what's the entire goal is because these, these earth movers, uh, these people that give themselves positions of importance at Davos, they feel that there's a, there's too many people on planet earth and they feel that uh, we are destroying the planet because too many people, too large a footprint, we have to take care of Mother Earth. So this is the whole Davos Economic Forum. It's all based on ecology, the worship of matter, the worship of planet Earth. So the rich and famous, just as they've done every single year since the informal private discussion amongst the globalists was started in 1971 by Swiss economist Karl Schwab the powerful proponents of the New World Order and its globalist agenda will again descend on this alpine town from January 23rd to the 26th to party and to attend meetings of the World Economic Forum. Kind of on a, on a sidebar, I found this kind of interesting that prostitutes from all over the world, they flock to Davos during uh, the, from the 23rd to the 26th why did all these prostitutes from all over the world go to Davos? Well, maybe because there's going to be a bunch of rich, nasty guys there. And uh, they want to meet the demands and service the demands of these nasty globalist men during the World Economic Forum annual meetings during their downtime. But uh, at Davos, Switzerland, at this year's festivities, they may have been a bit more somber than last year. Why? Because after a full year of of Trump, the fortunes of the double class, that hyper-connected network of banking and tech billionaires, elected leaders and Hollywood celebrities are looking a bit frayed, suggesting that things have not been going entirely this their, their way. And not that, not that their obedient, submissive, submissive 
Eurocrat handlers will tell them they don't have to. The Davos crowd is already well aware of the emerging of the emerging new world order rising in Europe as her center left factions retreated into the wilderness in, in 2017. Atomized in France, all but wiped out in the Netherlands, humiliated in Germany, Europe's mainstream center left is in full retreat. John Henley admitted in the, in the Guardian, the UK's most left-wing mainstream paper, even in its one-time stronghold of Scandinavia, social democracy is, is now struggling. Because it doesn't work, that's why socialism doesn't work and people are seeing it. In France, socialists crumbled to Emmanuel Macron's new centrist and the right-wing front national surge with their leader, Marine Le Pen, reaching the final round of voting in the presidential race for the first time. And in Austria, the pattern continued when the right wing swept to power under the young populist leader, Sebastian Kurtz, as did in the Netherlands, where the Dutch Labour Party saw a crushing defeat, while the right wing populist Freedom Party, led by Geert Wilders, surged, all pointing to an undeniable trend that since 2000 had seen the number of populist parties across the continent almost double, rising from 33 to 63, with the largest change occurring in Eastern Europe where a new generation of strong men are rising, intent on reversing the New World Order-driven agenda of the European Union elites. Yes, the European Union bureaucrats are now struggling with a new type of leader who is not sophisticated, not managerial, and not multicultural, nor is he a soft consensus builder wary of giving an offense Instead, the new EU bureaucrat is strong, patriotic, and decisive. Everything the European Commission in Brussels is not. What's more, this type of leader is emerging in country after country, particularly in Eastern Europe, which suffered more than four decades of post-war communism and where voters can spot a political, a, a political con faster than most, which means that either Eurocrats like it or not, these strong men are now looking like Europe's future. Give you some, give you a couple of examples. Beginning with Viktor Orban of Hungary, the trailblazer whose method of governing has become the template for Europe's other strong leaders who, like Orban, reject the European Union's mantra, which encourages its member countries to share the burden, to all join in and accept migrants and suffer individually for the greater good. Orban is having none of it. He declares the following, quote, to defend borders in Hungary is a national responsibility, close quote. Again, Orban is one of is also one of Europe's most outspoken Christian leaders who talks about, quote, creating a Christian Hungary within a Christian Europe, close quote, and whose opposition to immigration stems from his ideas of Christian identity, which have long been under threat from leftist progressive policies that sound a lot like communism. Orban says, I think we have a right to decide that we do not want a large number of Muslim people in our country in Hungary. The new state that we are constructing in Hungary is an illiberal state, a non-liberal state. It does not reject the fundamental principles of liberalism, such as freedom 
and I could list a few more, but it does not make this ideology the central element of state organization, but instead includes a different special national approach. Predictably, leftists around the world hate what Viktor Orban's doing in Hungary, and this colors much of the media's coverage of him. But Viktor Orban's not alone. Jaroslav Kaczynski, now regarded as the most powerful man in Poland, supports Orban's views and shares his Christian values and regards the presence of the largely Muslim refugee population as a ticking bomb in Europe, a view that has drawn outrage from leftists everywhere. Still, the loud opposition has not persuaded other Eastern European leaders, such as Austria's Kurds, to change their views on Islam as inimical to traditional European Christian values. Nor has opposition dissuaded Andrzej Babis of the Czech Republic or Robert Fico of Slovakia, who said, quote, We do not want to change the traditions of this country, which are built on the Christian tradition. Close quote. Robert Fico of Slovakia said in May 2016, is, quote, Islam has no place in Slovakia. Close quote. All of which means that as Britain continues its European Union divorce proceedings via Brexit and the popularity of these strongmen spreads and consolidates in, into a bloc hostile to the EU and its weak leaders, the consensus is growing that the European Union is in its death throes. That's good for all of us. The elites are in denial. But there's a problem. The left and the elites in general are so dramatically disconnected from the people they purport to serve that they're failing to understand that no power is permanent, that all things pass, and that the people eventually get bored and disgusted, which is where many European voters are now. Bored and disgusted with the elites, progressive policies which have gotten ever more decadent since they began implementing them decades ago, which is also why the people, so thoroughly fed up with the elites, ongoing subversion of, of Christendom by legalizing one proclivity after another and by implementing ever more preposterous forms of social engineering in the name of tolerance. They are now blaming them for the rotten results their culture of death has brought upon Europe. Small wonder they're demanding change, even a return to Christianity in the public square, which the elites have long sought to eradicate through secularist programs designed to be inclusive, but which in truth are aimed at wiping out Christianity entirely and everywhere, including all memory of it and its traditions, which is what all their schemes have always been about. They just hide behind climate change. And the elites response predictably they're doubling down and advocating ever more of exactly what the people are rebelling against, particularly their pol policies of imposed multicultural immigration, leaving their citizenry fearing the consequential destruction of their homelands and its traditional culture. Yep. If they don't watch it over there in Europe, Europe's going to run into a civil war unless it returns to to the Holy Roman Empire once again and officially makes Christ the king of every nation. That's the answer for Europe and for the United States. In 2004, European elites wrote the European Constitution. Guess what? They made no mention of its Christian roots or Christian history. That's why Pope Benedict XVI, rest in peace of good memory, he criticized the European Constitution 
the EU constitution for omitting the role of Christianity in the founding of Europe and as foundational to Europe. So what if you're wondering why, if you're wondering why Justin Trudeau has placed gender equality at the center of his government's thinking, look no further than Davos, which in lockstep with the UN imposes its agenda on the Western world by influencing Western leaders, a.k.a. the elites, to adopt their very policy to remain in the club. Yep, we're talking about the corrupt Davos World Economic Forum and its worldwide implications against all of us. We have to uh, call this out. This failed experiment by these billionaires. We'll be right back. Stick around. Reporting for duty, sir. My name is Jess Romero. Talking about the World Economic Forum, the meeting at Davos. What the elites at Davos were not expecting back in 2017 was that their agenda was about to meet its biggest challenge ever. It was a person by the name of Donald Trump. Yep, he's just a man, but he was just a U.S. president. But somehow he was also a corrector. He was a man who threatened to dethrone, to dethrone their progressive globalist establishment. He's a man whose very appearance seemed to signal that their time is up, which is why the globalists and their 24-7 obsessive attack on Trump was coming from a place far deeper than superficial politics. There's something about him that threatened these self-serving politicians at Davos, these bureaucrats, these academics, and the media dons who've achieved high office and wealthy, and mostly because mostly by claiming to advocate for the people while serving the demonic powers and demonic principalities of this world. And their policies confirm this. Yet there's tremendous irony here too, particularly in the choice of Davos itself, which was the setting of Thomas Mann's novel, The Magic Mountain, published in 1924. The book regarded as one of the most influential works of the 20th century is a story of a young man who goes to Davos, Switzerland to stay at a mental institution for three weeks and ends up spending seven years. Seems to me like it's not a coincidence that these billionaire elites and these earth movers meet in Davos, Switzerland, which was known for its mental institutions back in the 20s. These these globalist people in Davos, these are Marxist forces. And again, they gather in Davos for the World Economic Forum. And what's their point? They lust for power. It's clear as a bell they're betting on people being stupid. They aren't taking over the world with guns and bullets and bombs and wars, at least not yet. They're seizing control of minds. This is how these globalist New World Order people do it. Any sane analysis shows how it's done. How do these New World Order globalists do it? Through co-opting education and media. The perversion of education, especially higher level institutions, has proven very successful. 
you have irreligious and unpatriotic forces slowly invaded America's education system until the scales had tipped and they became the dominant force. As far back as the, as the mid to late 1970s, the, the idiocy pouring out of American colleges and universities was labeled political correctness, PC. It was the advanced, was the advanced term for wokeness. What began on the blackboards, faculty lounges, and classrooms of the Ivory Tower gang soon spilled into the streets and corporate boardrooms all over the country. It truly was the poisoning of the American mind first became visible on college campuses. There was a massively successful bestseller called The Closing of the American Mind. Professor Alan Bloom laid out his case about the toxic atmosphere seizing control of academia and its consequences. The subtitle to his classic says it all. He says, quote, How higher education has failed democracy and impoverished the soul of today's students. Poisoning the intellect of a culture is not an, over, an overnight endeavor. It is, in fact, a multi-generational assault. Close quote. These globalists from Davos, these New World Order Davos people, they aren't taking over the world with guns and bullets and bombs and wars, like I said, at least not yet. They're doing it through the schools. There's always been a streak of anti-establishmentism in journalistic circles. Indeed, keeping a check on authority is the main reason journalism exists. Authority should be viewed with a suspicious eye simply because it is the authority. So the news media already had the pre-existing DNA to be useful in overthrowing the old order, which was built upon faith and patriarchy and family. What colleges and the media bet on was the ignorance and stupidity of the masses it's a well-placed bet. Very few people fall into the category of critical thinkers, those who ask deep probing questions to arrive at the actual truth. Most, as is expressed in the movie Gladiator, are quite happy with bread and circuses, as long as they can be distracted by leisure, fun and handouts of some sort or another, they can easily be led by the nose. While the entertainment media was expanding and largely corrupting minds by stealing time from critical thought, the news media was corrupting minds by presenting a distorted reality. And thanks to the collusion between academia and media, students are now conditioned to obey authority, not question it. And the reason they can't question it is because they, don't, they no longer really possess a, the, the requisite skills set to do so. They can't think. These young college kids, they just emote. They emote and then attach ridiculous talking points to their emotions to try and support them in some intellectual sounding way. What they're doing is they are seizing controls of minds, of young minds, specifically through fear. Let me talk about, in particular, about Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum push towards transhumanism. Let me give you the definition of transhumanism. It's the project to master the future is to replace human scale participation in life with a more manageable, edible version of future humanity. Patterned on screen-based media and shaped by technology such as gene-edited and biometric implants. So, Klaus Schwab recently delivered a speech at the, at the 
Crystal Awards Ceremony on the opening day of the World Economic Forum's 2023 Davos Conference. It was January 18th, actually. In, his, in this address, he framed the world as a complex of problems to which his organization is a solution. <laughs> no, Klaus Schwab, your organization is not the solution. Jesus and his gospel are the answer to all of our problems. Jesus is the solution. And the teachings of his church are the solution. Not the teachings at, uh, from, uh, from the World Economic Forum. We couldn't meet at a more challenging time, said Klaus Schwab. He says, we're confronted with so many crises simultaneously. What does, it need, what does it need to master the future? Klaus Schwab says, I think to have a platform where all stakeholders of global society are engaged, governments, business, civil societies, young generation, I think is the first step to meet all the challenges, Klaus Schwab says. In, he goes on to say, in the global risk analysis of the World Economic Forum, there's no mention of the fact that many, if not all, of these global crises are the result of the actions of governments and organizations such as Klaus Schwab's. And it's curious then to present the disease as the cure. The agenda of the w World Economic Forum, which is the disease, it's not the cure, is obviously advanced by the promotion of a sense of crisis which would naturally encourage people to consider some means of escape, make people afraid by the old order. And by, by these means, the World Economic Forum frames itself as a kind of emergency exit for humanity, a route which no one would take in normal circumstances, yet its own framing of reality excludes the enormous deficit amounting from the very ideology it claims will save it. The World Economic Forum has a perverse view of human nature. Of course, we do live in extraordinary times. And it's important to remember, however, that the soaring costs of living have been caused by the very governments and businesses Klaus Schwab wishes to further empower. Lockdown policies, closing down businesses, and the polarization of the sense of a global environmental crisis have all resulted in measures which are seriously undermining our standard of living both now and long into the future. The moral inversion of our mass media-based culture has created virtues of vices in the minds of a nihilistic population of pleasure-seeking individuals. Sex, self-indulgence, individual extremism without limit are the hallmarks of the banality of unrestrained desire. People are now increasingly patterned socially on a screen-based simulation of reality, which is feeding the mental health deterioration noted in a 2022 risks report. The means by which people are informed or malformed about the nature of reality is itself making them mentally ill. And what is more, these messages are shaped by a system of algorithms patterned on the trillions of data points gathered from almost 20 years of social media. In short, the agents of the state have a hand in shaping your views about yourself, your reality, and your life choices without your knowledge. What is the answer? Time spent in the Word of God. This is why time spent reading your Bible, time spent in the Word of God every day builds up a man's immune system against the poison of propaganda and fake news. There is a democratic deficit in the West 
wherewith the formerly inalienable liberties of movement, conscience, and expression were suspended in a dubious global health emergency, pandemic, scandemic. This showed that our rights, far from being inviolable, are to be dismissed when their free exercise would improve inconvenient to the management of the population. This means that our that these rights are not rights at all. They have they have not been postponed but canceled. For two years they were. The World Economic Forum makes no mention of the sudden interruption of the basic liberties which defined the West for the best part of the last century. The policies over the global health emergency and those around the controversial mRNA treatments developed as a response, pass without mention. These measures as one reason no one speaks of the free world as the West has arguably lost its legitimate claim to moral superiority. We're talking about the World Economic Forum, its implications on us and uh, the bad people that run it. They're pushed towards transhumanism. The only answer is the social kingship of Christ. Nothing less. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The World Economic Forum is a conglomeration of billionaire elites, earth movers, that are wicked men. They're evil men. And what Mr. Schwab, the leader of the World Economic Forum, and his main advisor... Yuval Harari. By the way, Yuval Harari is an Israeli, a practicing homosexual. And he says Yuval Harari is on record that saying that Jesus Christ is fake news. Did you catch that? A homosexual Israeli is saying that our Lord Jesus Christ is fake news. In other words, he didn't exist. This is the this is the the one who consults the main consultant to Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum. Schwab is arguing for a technocratic vision of humanity transformed by the transition to a less human future. We have a management problem. In one sense, the people who manage our lives are never held accountable for their disastrous decision-making. In another, it's apparent from the aims and announcements of the World Economic Forum that it is leveraging a manufactured terror over climate change to promote a post-human future. Yep, these globalists are earth worshipers and advocates of depopulating the planet. Today's World Economic Forum agenda presents one example of the many strands of this strategy, which in seeking to replace human interaction with screen-based simulation reflects a much earlier view of one famous environmentalist, James Lovelock, who became something of a celebrity due to his coining the term Gaia, which means uh, earth goddess, earth god. Gaia first advanced the idea that people playing video games was a far better thing for the planet than them going outside to meet real people. This is regardless of the impact on their individual mental health, likely to deteriorate as real-life human-scale experiences are replaced with screen-based stimulation. 
In a theme now typical of the argument from environmental crisis, James Lovelock eagerly foresaw a future of humans being replaced by cyborgs, a fusion of man and machine. Well, the Global Collaboration Village is a World Economic Forum initiative which promotes the replacement of human-scale relations with a machine's idea of reality. The World Economic Forum presents this attempt to encourage people away from face-to-face human reality and to further blend their identities with pixels and algorithms and robots as a beneficial exercise in human cooperation. This is a technique common to their every initiative in the post-human agenda. It reduces to making the substitution of real life with screens sound exciting as that we can participate in the formation of a new digitalized democratic world. It is creation reimagined by Facebook and has the depressingly childish avatars to match. These processes are not only sinister in their aim to refocus humanity on screen-based alternatives to real life, but are infantile. The project to master the future is to replace human-scale participation in life with a more manageable, editable version of future humanity patterned on on screen-based media and shaped by technology such as gene-edited and biometric implants. Mastering the future, according to Klaus Schwab and Yuval Harari and the World Economic Forum, is about mastering global population management in number, in behavior, in nature, and through its social patterning upon a virtual world. Who would have ever thought that the world can be destroyed by machines and humans can be replaced by robots? When I saw the Terminator, I laughed. Now, guess what? This is exactly what they're trying to do right now. From the point of view of technocratic management, humanity is the problem, and humanity is a problem to be solved. It aims to perfect its own system by deleting everything which anchors us in the human scale world, from belief in God to our customs of nation and kinship. Everything which defines human nature is to be altered in a project of rationalization. It's a dream for the masters. And by the way, if you're looking for help from the Vatican on this transhumanist agenda, well, the Vatican, not too long ago, hosted a conference on transhumanism. So it looks like they've been infiltrated and they've been brainwashed as well by the globalist, by the New World Order. So what's the definition of transhumanism? Transhumanism is the belief or theory that the human race can evolve beyond its current physical and mental limitations, especially by means of science and technology. This is the battle that we're going to be fighting until the second coming of Christ. Transhumanism is a spiritual warfare battle for humanity. In the simplest terms, transhumanists believe in using technology to transcend beyond the limitations of human biology into a post-human existence. And the oligarchs in the American regime, in particular the ones in the Silicon Valley, are obsessed with eternal life and the topic of transhumanism. Peter Thiel 
wants to inject himself with young people's blood as a method of radical life extension. Elon Musk put a computer chip in a pig's brain with the hopes of one day, one day soon putting one in yours. <laughs> the goal of the Silicon Valley oligarchs and of the globalists in general is transhumanism. This is where they're going. They aren't hiding this. In fact, they're flaunting it in front of our faces. Well, we're all too busy bickering about what AOC tweeted this week. The oligarchs are spending billions of dollars to become immoral gods. And their strategy is twofold. First, they have to perfect transhumanist technology behind closed doors and become among the first humans, human beings to transcend beyond the limitations of human biology to become gods, lowercase g, with eternal life and access to all the knowledge and information available in the cloud. Second, they will get the rest of us to adopt the form of this technology that they own and control by selling us on progress and convenience. And if you doubt that they'll be successful with the strategy, just look at the phone in the palm of your hand as a wildly successful beta test of this strategy. In many ways, the smartphone was the first iteration of this grand vision. We're now witnessing the consequences of giving them the power to control the flow of information and access to basic online services in the form of censorship, deplatforming, and outright unpersoning of individuals, businesses, and any threat to their system of control. So what do you think will happen when the New World Order, these globalists, when they build and own and control the chip that they want to plant in our brain at birth? You think they're not going to try that? In order to fully understand this, you need to understand the mindset of Silicon Valley elites and the American oligarch regime and the World Economic Forum. These people believe that they're, they are su superior to the rest of us in every way. They, they went to the best schools. They built the best companies. They consolidate all of the wealth into their hands. They know what's best. This is why they project their supremacy on the rest of us with terms like white supremacist or your haters or we're but, but mere cattle to them, digital serfs. Now, I know this sounds kind of outlandish, but this technology, transhumanism, is being developed as we speak, and it's somewhat, and it's something that people under 50 will witness in their lifetime. We need to be prepared to fight for our humanity and to resist the literal dehumanization of the entire human race itself. Ultimately, this is a spiritual war. They are targeting our very humanity. This is evidenced by everything that these people promote. Their values are inherently anti-human, godless, secular. They promote abortion, moral decay, homosexual marriage, the destruction of sovereign nations and people, the persecution of everything and anything related to God Almighty, our Creator. The New World Order... The globalist, it's a combination of big government and gigantic corporations. That's what makes them powerful. They're very powerful. This is called corporatocracy. Corporatocracy. That means the alliance between big government and big corporations. Corporatocracy. So what would happen if the World Economic Forum the globalists, if they formed an alliance to control the entire planet, 
what would we call that as Catholics? That would be the work of the Antichrist. The globalist New World Order, they're currently passing bills to take your guns. They're currently passing bills to censor the internet. The globalist New World Order are currently passing bills to forcibly vaccinate. The New World Order are currently passing bills to censor anyone for anything. The New World Order are currently passing bills to seize property, to fine and jail dissenters, to label the unvaxxed as mentally insane and lock them up. And finally, if you don't like any of that, we can offer you MAID, M-A-I-D, medical assistance in dying and finish you off. We as Catholics, as people of faith, even Protestants, people of goodwill, we need to prepare ourselves for what's coming by exiting their entire system and raising up our, our children to value and cherish human life and love Jesus Christ and be his disciple. We need to build our own economy. We need to return to tradition and get right with God right now because the, the judgment day of singularity is upon us. I tell people, as St. Padre Pio says, pray hope and don't worry. Worry is useless. God is merciful and God will hear our prayer. We must continue putting the spotlight of truth upon the culture of death. And we got to continue being a lighthouse amidst a gathering storm. Hey, if this is the end of the world, well, then let the Antichrist find us standing tall. You've been listening to the Terry and Jesse show. The only vax we're going to push on the TJ show is called the blood of Jesus. And the only virus that we're going to speak against is the virus of sin. Know your faith. Live your faith. Spread your faith. Pray your rosary every day. Remember, we serve a 12-star general, the virgin most powerful. That's a wrap. America, wake up to Jesus. Don't hit the snooze button. We'll see you tomorrow. Same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith.